0: Three, two, one, and we're back, Julie. This topic that we've been uh, podcasting on the last couple of days has been getting a ton of downloads and listens. It seems like it's a very popular topic. Talking about why teams fail, and then yesterday was talking about why teams succeed. And I can understand why it's a hot topic because it seems like um, you know all these you know agents they have a little bit of. Success and all of a sudden the world is pressuring them to form a team. There's this implied, uh, you know, I guess you would call it progression in real estate, seems to be omnipresent nowadays that you always have to form a team. And we're here to tell you that's absolutely not true. Or more importantly, we're here to tell you that if you're going to add support staff, which eventually you will have to, there really is several there are many many ways to go about doing it there's one proven way to go about doing it that will most certainly make it so you have no profit and then there's one proven way to go about doing it so that you will have a team people you can indeed delegate things to and hold them accountable but you will indeed have very large profit margins and we're going to be meandering into the um ideal team uh on today's show and probably a little bit on tomorrow's show if you want a more of a drilled down exact bullet you know step by step plan and plan just buy our book Harris rules it's uh 13 bucks or 10 bucks. It's on Amazon Barnes and Noble. It's for sale everywhere. We've seen it for sale in airports. So Definitely get the book. You can also buy an Audible and listen through, and we give you a breakdown of exactly our philosophy behind um, what an organized team looks like, and essentially, I'll give you the punchline, it's designed around making maximum profit, not just pushing maximum numbers of transactions. Because if you want to stay in business long-term, the, uh, the the key ingredient is profit. Without profit, you will you will inevitably fail. You might be able to have cash flow keep you afloat during a hot seller's market like what we're experiencing now, but as soon as the markets slow down and there's any kind of you know black swan of which there seems to be on a regular basis now um, then you're going to be looking at having negative cash flow and most agents most teams aren't going to be able to survive that for maybe two or three months and then they're running into some severe uh you know frankly they're basically out of business
1: yes and in fact in the harris rules book we go through the different um pluses and minuses of starting with being a solo agent because there's some good stuff about that and there's also some stress about that then partnership or not partnership whether that's husband and wife or you know parents and kids or you know kids and parents uh, or any iteration of that and then we talk about small team large team and we actually put all four models through the grinder what's good what's not good Uh, What can you expect for your lifestyle? Like how many, you know, what's your schedule going to look like if you're a solo agent versus a partnership and what are those foibles? So that's all in the Harris Rules book, the deep drill down you can easily get, as Tim said, at Amazon. Uh, Let's see. So you were talking about from the team standpoint. I also have a, a special part in my coach's heart for the agent who is seeking a team Because nobody teaches them how to select what's an appropriate team, what's a successful team, what's a a team that's going to have longevity. Things like, do they have listing inventory or not? So I see it actually from both sides. The team leader, many of whom we coach, okay, but also the wayward agent who's floating around thinking maybe they should join a team.
0: So this also was a carryover from a topic that was really hot on our Clubhouse event this morning. And you guys are definitely invited to attend Clubhouse. And the name of our event is Masterclass Mindset at Real Estate. It's called Masterclass Real Estate Mindset, Motivation, and Money. So do attend that. We started every morning at 8 a.m. on East Coast. It's been going for about 90 minutes. Our plan is to run that from coast to coast, starting at 8 a.m. in every time zone, and then even uh, pushing out into obviously Hawaii and then going around the earth and welcoming agents every morning as the sun comes up uh, to the mindset, motivation, and money topics that we'll be presenting on that clubhouse but in the meantime if you have access to the clubhouse app and i know it's not the easiest thing to come by because they're still in beta test but do please consider attending our clubhouse event every morning so i want to start out with what julie just said and then we're going to get to our exact points and i want to make this really really clear you absolutely do not have to form a team nor do you have to be part of a team um, you can make, and I'm, I'll give you a great example, and I always use him as an example because he is a great example. Chuck Williamson, or even Rob Johnson in Greenwich, Connecticut, for example. So Chuck Williamson, um, I don't remember his exact number of units. It was between two and 300 units last year. And most of his business comes from the listing side of the business. He has a transaction coordinator that's full-time, and he has one assistant who I essentially, uh, they, they'll help you know pound signs and install lock boxes and do that sort of Mickey Mouse running around. But he sells that many houses, and he has a, a, a profit margin, I'm guessing, of at least 90%. And he's with EXP. He's part of our EXP real estate group. So he actually, uh, his he doesn't really, because of the way the ICON uh, program works at EXP, he is basically on 100%, almost 12 months of the year, because he's an EXP agent. But in his business, he is able to save so much money and reinvest that into rental properties and other assets, uh, income-producing assets, that he is very quickly becoming very rich. Rich meaning where his money works for him and he no longer works for his money. I imagine he might actually be to the point where his passive investing has essentially eclipsed his financial needs monthly, which is the goal that maybe all of you should be taking into consideration. Again, this is what we were talking about on that masterclass on Clubhouse this morning different paths to get there. Um, But bottom line being is he is very successful, does not have a large team. Rob Johnson, same thing, $135 million last year, 135, I'm I'm sorry, 135, yeah, 135 million in volume last year, same as the year before. He has essentially one assistant, I think she's more of like a, you know, she's more than an assistant. Her name's Lisa. She's fantastic. But she works for him. And then he has a, another part-time assistant. And that's the extent of his whole entire team. I was interviewing another uh, gal. And this was years ago. Um, I'm trying to remember her name. Um, Jade Mills. Yes. And she was out in LA. And she's a very famous agent. She's, I think, believe the uh, international ambassador for Prudential or something like that very famous lady and she has no team And i remember on the podcast when i asked her so tell me about your team knowing she had no team she didn't really know how she was uncomfortable saying that she had no team because agents are given so much pressure to have teams um, that really did to not have a team or not brag about a team is abnormal but here's the punchline with a problem with the way that most modern teams are formed, and we talked about this for the past two days, is they leave no profit. And what's the point of having any business with no profit? It does not make sense. It's you know you're running a non-profit business. You're running essentially an elaborate adult daycare yeah, business. Yeah, you'd
1: net more if you went back to your old job in that case. Well,
0: in some cases, unfortunately, yeah. that's yeah. true. Uh, but so the moral of the story with what we're trying to tell you guys is: m- do not be making these decisions based on external forces that are trying to peer you into making you know to form a team and buy leads and worry about your branding, make sure you're making decisions based on what your ultimate output of your business is, which should be profit. So if you're being pressured to buy leads, buy a fancy CRM, work on your branding, and you can't definitively, objectively um, analyze and know when that's going to produce or whatever it is that they're trying to get you to buy is going to produce profit, then you're being sold probably a bunch of what Julie's father uh, (laughs) likes to call hooey. A bunch of hooey. A bunch of hooey. So you might want to not buy the hooey because, you know, hooey is ooey.
1: There you go. <laughs> well, on and that also note.
0: for those of you guys who are looking for your 2021 business plan, it is still available for you to download for free. Just text 2021 to 855 685 1045. Text 2021 to 855 685 1045. And when you do, we're going to text you back a direct link to download the real estate treasure map, as well as seven other books, including Think and Grow Rich for real estate. You can do that right now while listening to this podcast on your mobile device, Android or otherwise. 855. 855- just text 2021
1: to 855-685-1045 yes so we're going to jump back into our successful team points so that you can sort it out as perhaps a team leader as perhaps somebody considering a team and also remember there's nothing wrong with you if you're not doing either okay so point number four for successful teams the team leader is focused on each team member rowing instead of Even the transaction coordinator is doing X number of BPOs, broker price opinions, to pay for themselves. Again, the team leader is focused on each team member rowing, in other words, you know, towing the line instead of riding, being dependent. That's a major difference between successful teams and teams that are either headed for failure or at the very least, you know, not that profitable. Team leaders, I think that the myth, Tim, is that you hire a bunch of people and then you get to sit on the beach, right? Versus, you know, really being engaged as many of the coaching clients that you just mentioned are uh, with themselves, with their team members. They're actually holding their team members accountable and they know what it means, right? So let's say that you have three buyer agents. A focused team leader knows what each of them is doing, what their leads are, who their next leads to close are. They don't know what BPOs are. Broker price opinion. Right,
0: so broker price opinion is something that all of you guys should be learning how to do. And the carry away point from this point is is that there should be nobody on your team that is not, in essence, producing enough income to more than cover their actual pay. Now that's a new concept to real estate, but that is the rowers versus riders concept that Julian and I came up with a few years ago, because it really is applicable. And if you don't believe me, if you're rationalizing that some people are there to service on your staff or there, or even your brokerage, there to service the transaction, while others are basically, you know, the salespeople, you're gonna a run afoul when the sales slow down because it does happen. If you know the past 14 years hasn't taught you that, then uh, you never will learn. But the reality of it is, is there can be something that completely slows the market down and it can be slowed down for some period of time. Um, You know, and the reality of it is, is if you have all those fixed costs from all those payroll people, what are you going to do? You're going to have to let them go. You're going to be facing some financial hardships yourself. So we strongly encourage all of you as you're scaling up whatever business it is, even outside of real estate, you make everybody so that, in essence, you can run a profit and loss statement on them every month. And if you're paying somebody $5,000 a month, they need to be generating an actual tangible profit, $5,000 a month. Now, if it's not BPOs, it should be coming from other direct sales activities. It can't be, well, Bob worked on a file and the file closed and there's commissions made. No, I want to know that Bob helped some open houses and generate some leads and those transactions actually closed. Everybody has to be frontline deployed. Everybody has to be fully operational. There can be nobody sitting on your boat that's just going for a nice little river cruise Mm -hmm. while everybody else is basically busting their butts rowing the boat. Next point. That's
1: right. Okay. So the next point is point number five. The team is not dependent on buying leads or on their broker buying and providing leads. We've talked about that a lot. That can dry up. It can change. They can change the rules. And of course, it can make you broke. Point number six, there is no mixing of jobs. The listing agent is the listing agent. Referral agents handle buyers. I think we talked about that model versus Uh, needy buyer agents instead use referral agents because you can have several of them that handle different things maybe you've got somebody that does luxury maybe somebody does relocation maybe somebody does first-time buyers but you have referral agents that you're just charging the referral fee
0: so let's drill down on that we are not advocates of agents forming teams with bunches of buyers agents where you're providing the buyer leads and the reason we're not well okay you can do that if you'd like but chances of you making profit from those buyer side transactions is basically zero um, in this day and age, the buyer agent commissions, and we can, and actually, we probably should tell them a little bit about what we're hearing from the front lines. I got
1: a whole podcast ready for you. On
0: okay, that. well, we can give them some, yeah. give them some highlights, sure. if, scare them into uh, <laughs> changing their ways. Yeah. But we're going to give you the the bottom line here is the buyer agent, um, essentially, the entitlement of buyer agent commissions is absolutely in flux. And we've been warning all of you guys about this for how many years on this podcast? At least two, maybe three. Um, so the reality of it is, is the idea that you can have a you know buy a bunch of buyer leads from Zillow and then the buyer leads get distributed to different agents on your team and you're spending all this money on staffing and lead generation and somehow miraculously there's going to be you know a co-op and commission that you know guys get the whole thing. Your whole business is formulated on something that's not going to be really relevant for much longer. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why. And I'll give you an obvious one. The buyer leads obviously the quality of the buyer leads are going down. They're degrading. They're not very good. You should maybe consider the fact that the uh, statistics have shown that the average internet lead generated uh, lead, I'm sorry, generated lead, I'm sorry, what am I saying?
1: Internet generated lead.
0: Thank you, is uh, basically something like 3% actually will transact within 18 months. But even that 3%, that's not to say that you're going to be doing that 3%. So this modern day, really asinine business model where you form a buyer agent staff, you buy leads, you feed them to the various agents, you drip on them until cows come home. That is not something that's going to produce you any profit. It's not something that's even really going to work. Drip campaigns have proven themselves to be a complete waste of time. It's just like, you know, agent websites, right? The Inman did a story on this. The average agent website generates a total of zero. Closable leads for agents every single year. Why do it? It doesn't make sense. But again, I get it. You guys are given a whole bunch of pressure uh, from fellow agents, from the marketplace, from, you know, you're on Facebook and you're getting all this great advice from somebody. And all the while, you don't realize that person giving you the great advice, they're not even really in real estate. They're just trying to sell you something and trying to convince you that you need whatever it is that they have for sale. And you've not run a business before, or at least you've not run a real estate business before. So you just believe what they're selling is true. And you buy it, and the next thing you know, you're basically sliding down this slippery slope down to, and the bottom of it is a you know, a, a glass sharded pit of no profit. I mean <laughs> Man, there you go. Not dramatic at all. <laughs> how about that for a visual for you? <laughs>
1: well, so, I, Tim, the other thing that I see is that when you are buying or you you know you're dealing with all those random leads, it gets out of control so quickly that there's zero accountability. and then all of the baby bird buyer agents are chirping for more worms and saying all these leads are are no good, right? Because they're only three percent. and they don't see a lot of immediate result. And so what does the team leader end up doing? buying more, more, buy, leads. Buying more right. leads and throwing more worms their way when right. in fact most of the deals that are done are deals that probably the team leader would have done themselves anyway, the real slam dunk repeat for all. But to recall. our original
0: point though, yeah. the teams that we advocate are basically where you focus and this is for you team leaders, right? So Bob's team is Bob and and, and just running your business, just like Rob Johnson, I just told you, just like Chuck Williamson, I just told you, just like Collette in Atlanta, just like Elizabeth Riley in Austin. And, and so, you know, lists and lists and lists yeah. of people. You essentially focus all your best energies on being a listing agent at after you've achieved and maintained your magic number of listings for at least three or four months and again get the real estate treasure map just text 2021 date 55685 1045 and you know what i'm talking about and once you've maintained the magic number of listing for three or four months then add a transaction coordinator because you've earned the right to yes. you've proven the fact that you can produce a consistent cash flow that you can afford uh, you can i'm sorry afford that staff member but do make sure that staff member is paying for themselves back to our previous point now when you get buyer leads in you get any leads in it's critical that you don't delegate the pre-qualification because most of the buyers they're gonna, you know, most people show up as buyers in your on your um, you know your lead generation system, they're actually sellers. 50%, sometimes more in certain markets, are not actually just strictly buyers, they're actually sellers. And they're calling about a house. But if you were pre-qualifying them at a high level, you'd peel out the fact that they were buyers. So the ones that are just straight up buyers, you then refer those to independent agents in your marketplace. And there's gobs and gobs of agents out there that will be thrilled if you can send them a referral for 25 or 35%. You do not have to staff those people, you don't have to support those agents, you don't have to uh, buy those agents leads, you don't have to train those agents, you don't have to do anything. You're simply referring out a lead just like you normally would to an agent in a different marketplace that is the way to run an efficient business and here's the irony of it you will make more net profit doing it exactly like what we just said than having those agents on staff by far
1: yeah and way less stress of managing them because let's say that they screw up a lead and you know you wouldn't want them on your team well guess what happens you guys sometimes get real attached to your buyer agents because you hired your friend or you hired a past client and they they make you a little bit uncomfortable to fire them when they screw up. Not so with the referral agent; they can come and go. You can pick and choose as you please.
0: And they don't. The referral agent can't. You know they won't know whether you. They're
1: appreciative you, of it, actually.
0: Exactly, and they will want to go. Whereas that staff member buyer agent. Has a sense of entitlement that you're going to feed them, and you may have even made the mistake of telling them that was your yeah, obligation. Yeah, got to them. ten
1: more internet leads coming right down the pipe. So why should I give all my time to this one? And
0: guys, we've seen this thousands and thousands of times. And those of you who are on Teams, you know what we're saying mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, That's right. So, you We're know, on to <laughs> Just be wise to this, guys, and just open, make decisions not around emotions, but make decisions ultimately around what your core driver is of any successful business, which is profit.
1: So point number seven, the team leader can actually tell where business comes from, how much each transaction costs, and what's working and what's not. They are tuned into that. They're not guessing, and they don't say things like, well, all of our leads come from online sources. Well, that doesn't mean anything. What's working and what's not. They'll tell you things like, you know, thirty-three percent of my business came from past clients, repeat and referral. Ten percent came from a combination of for sale by owners and expireds. So I got about five percent from probate. I mean, they actually know their numbers because they track them.
0: And what you'll find, because again, we've done this for two decades, and we've done this with a billion agents at this point, what you'll discover is disorganized agents will assume that marketing, passive marketing, is what's bringing the lead. Because what they do is they'll just essentially maybe a, a, you let's say for example you mail out a postcard. Well, get, I'll tell you a personal example, Julie and I. I started out being 100% proactive uh, lead generation. That was our, our core business. And we sold you know 100 houses our first year, just 100% being proactive. And then over time, over the next two or three years, then we started intertwining and passive lead generation because we could afford it and because we wanted to duplicate our efforts, right? So then we started realizing that we were not understanding what the true source of our business was until someone working for us, a very nice gal who looked like Meg Ryan named Kelly. <laughs> she was She's working kidding. for us and she she asked, um, we are listening to her pre qualify. Someone called to um, interview Julie and I for the job of selling their home. And she has a script that she would use. And uh, coaching clients, you get this script as part of the uh, proven home selling system, as part of the premier coaching program. So she's going through these questions. And one of the questions was basically, you know, obviously she's trying to source the lead and they weren't in our uh, our system as a past client. And they said like postcard or something. They gave the normal answer. And then the she was given like, there was like a whole bunch of choices and all she had to do is check a box. And then there was a blank at the bottom where she could have written in if it was some sort of answer that wasn't covered in the box. Well, she didn't, we were watching, Julie and I are sort of watching as we were doing something else. And we watched her not ask the question, but not mark the box. And then she went back and asked the question, the same question again, or no, she, she asked the question, she marked, the box postcard. She wasn't really paying attention. And then she went back and asked the question again. And then the person started saying why they really called. And why they really called was in essence because their friend who we knew who we'd sold their house for like three streets away, they were still connected. And that agent or that seller really liked the job that we did. They were moving out it's of basically town. A it, was a basi- it was a referral from a friend. Now, and here's where it really gets interesting. Then Julie and I started studying the genealogy and all these transactions. And then we started studying like where it okay, why, how did we originally get the listing that set, uh, sent us the referral? And that's where we really started uh, really validating our beliefs that marketing was BS, frankly. When we started going through the thousands of transactions we'd been involved in and start realizing how many of these actually, truly came from our proactive lead generation, which then produced happy past clients and then wash, rinse, repeat. And then the marketing, if you choose to do it at all, will maybe support those activities. But that person did not call because of the postcard. That person called because of that referral. And once you guys go through that educational process, then you'll start realizing that a lot of the things that you're tempted to spend money on, you're just being, uh, essentially you're being, uh, I was going to say lied to, maybe that's too strong, manipulated to believe that somehow it's going to actually work at, at generating a lead. And and again, if you go back to that lead generation company or that marketing company or that branding company and you ask them to, and you try to hold them accountable, all right, Bob, I'm going to pay you you know, $500 a month for six months, and you're going to work on my um, online, social media, whatever, whatever. So what will the actual results be that it will make it so that I can take those checks to the bank? What's the output going to be? What's my return on investment? Well, guess what? Bob, the marketing guru, is not going to give you an answer because there isn't an answer. All the stuff is just hopium. It's smoke and mirrors.
1: That's right. So that that's called, does your business actually come from where you think? Or after you track it, you might be surprised. So that's a good exercise. All right. Next is point number eight: no suffering. Remember, these are successful teams. No suffering from what we call "pretty shiny object syndrome," or you might call that "easy button syndrome." Actually, I'm going
0: to rename it. I'm going to start calling it uh, "bug light," "bug zapper," zapper. the "bug zapper syndrome." (laughs)
1: Mods to the light.
0: Yeah, that's what it is.
1: Yeah. Well, that's when somebody shoots you some kind of, you know, decently made email or video. You got to do this, and all of your lead generation problems will be solved. Well, I'll go try that.
0: But you know, my friend Orlando and I—he and I were talking about that very point last night. Um, And the point he made was most agents don't realize that they're not really, they're not uh, entrepreneurial and they're not business minded, they're opportunistic and they're just transactionally minded. Sure. And if you think about it, he's really right. Because at the end of the day, that's what point eight is and agents who are just opportunistic and transactionally minded, they never build wealth because they're always basically hopping from one bug light to the next. Well,
1: And you know, occasionally some stuff is a great support to your proactive business. But a lot of agents don't spend enough time or effort on it to even know because they're onto the next thing all the time. And this is why one of the exercises in the treasure map, remember, if you don't have your treasure map yet, get it at, uh, well, actually, we can send it to them. Yeah, yeah. Text, Text,
0: right. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And this is also a good place to interject. Yes, Julie and I are with eXp Realty. Yes, Julie and I would love to sponsor you guys into eXp Realty. If you're looking for a sponsor that's going to proactively help you within eXp Realty uh, take advantage of all the opportunities that are existent within that amazing brokerage, that's, hopefully, you'll consider Julie and I for that role for you. We we are officially applying for the job of being your sponsor. Uh, it would be an honor to do so at eXp Realty. So if you're headed in that direction, which all of you should be, please do consider having Julie and I as your sponsor. You can text me directly at 512-758-0206. That is my cell phone. Um, and let's have the conversation about eXp Realty, 512-758-0206.
1: So I mentioned the, in the treasure map, one of the things that it asks you to do is to get back into into your credit card statements and all of your auto drafts and look for those pretty shiny object uh, items that you might have forgotten about, never really implemented, put on autopilot and you're still paying for. So that's all of course in the treasure map too. All right, point number nine, multiple spokes of income have been polished and are working. So you might want to write down the word focus, follow one course until successful you have multiple uh, lead generation spokes and you understand them and you've worked on them. You're not just dabbling on them, right? You have an actual expired system, for example. You can tell me what your ratios are. You can tell me that, hey, you know what? Every time I talk to 20, I get four or five really good conversations going. I definitely set two listing appointments and have three follow-ups. That's somebody who knows their spoke versus, well, I tried it a couple times and it just doesn't work. Or and, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work in my market. It doesn't work in my price range. Whatever.
0: And again, we drilled down on this in um, the Real Estate Treasure Map, which we want to give you for free. Yes, it's for sale on Amazon for 20 bucks or something. But don't spend 20 bucks on it on Amazon. Well, if you are buying a book on Amazon, make sure you get Harris Rules. Uh, and we won't ever be giving that book away. Our publisher won't let us. <laughs> yep. But you can um, get the real estate treasure map for free, and that's simply by texting twenty twenty one to 855-685-1045. And the last point, which is our favorite point, mm-hmm. and uh, Julie wrote this. I can tell these notes are a few years old because they're not using our absolute current parlance or close. You can translate it. You know, so basically, your product is profit, and at the end of the day, um, this is the this is a paradigm shift for many of you but it's also a huge eye opener at the end of the day the amount of profit that you're making in your business and let's just make it so it's you know business 101 as you know revenue or gross is the amount of money that you generate in commissions that are payable to you from real estate transactions so if you make $100,000 your broker pays you $100,000 that is your gross revenue now whatever's left after you pay all of your expenses and you can do it with taxes or without taxes um, just do it with uh, without taxes to give you the purest represent a representation of what your actual net was so if you were to then take whatever your business expenses were uh, and then you multi, you, know, you remove them from your gross that's going to be your net that should it's be what very, you're left with it's what you're left with and that's what you eat from that's what you pay your bills mm-hmm. from that's what you buy your kids shoes with and so what has happened in the 20 years that Julie and I have been coaching is all these ideas and schemes and plans and bug lights have come into the industry and, and essentially Essentially, made it so an agent who does not know any better, who's buying business, who's worrying about things they shouldn't be thinking about branding, websites, all this online lead generation stuff what they have done is it was not so long ago that $100,000 would have resulted in maybe an $85,000 profit. In other words, agents were keeping most of their money. But nowadays, what we've seen, and it's very consistent, is an agent making $100,000 might only be keeping $25,000. So what's happened to the rest of the money? They're paying it to referral fees. They're buying their business. They're paying it to Zillow. They've normalized, basically, not ever having to learn how to proactively lead generate. So they just literally buy all their business. And they don't know how to actually make a profit because they've never learned how to be proactively generators. It always goes back to the original sin in real estate. Ooh, that's good. You should write that down. Mm -hmm. Yes. Seriously, let's write that down. You got it. The original sin in real estate, which is in essence buying business. When you buy business, you are always going to be beholden. So the original sin in real estate is uh, buying business. And when you buy business, you're always going to be beholden. You're going to be beholden to the person that's basically providing you the lead. Um, and this is the, I think, hopefully a mindset moving point for all of you. You're going to be beholden. The The biggest, uh, I think, when you realize that many of you guys are building your Uh, Castles on somebody else's land. And when you build your castle on somebody else's land, that's going to uh, essentially make it so you never actually build anything of value. It can always be taken away from you. And so as long as you're stuck in the paradigm of buying your business, that is what you're always going to be doing. And we give examples all the time and how really ridiculous that is. But really what makes me mad is not so, so much that you guys are falling for it because i know that's the current zeitgeist of you know the hustle culture is to do all this social networking and try to buy your influence and buy business what makes me mad frankly are the people that should be telling you guys not to do it in the first place the supposed leaders and influence that you know the coaches and the trainers that are essentially advocating for you to build your castle on somebody else's land and the idea that they're not telling you the truth about that that's what pisses me off not the other thing the other thing is to be forgiven because you guys most of you haven't really put all the thoughts together but all you guys is think about the fact that like how we gave Logan Paul as an example yesterday evidently he's going to be one of our neighbors down here and I did google him so I do know a little bit more about him but he is you know some of this the influencer social networker type he started out building his fan base of millions and millions of I assume teenagers on this application called vine vine goes out of business he essentially loses access to his audience and then he moves over to YouTube well then he goes does gangbusters on YouTube but sure enough then YouTube decides to de-platform him and now he's essentially he's not doesn't have access to his audience anymore uh, in the sense that he's not able to basically provide them content. So that's something that can happen to all of us and it does happen to all of us in differing levels. I mean, look at, for example, the analytics. I was talking to somebody who has invested, somebody who, by the way, was with one of our major coaching competitors, who's been telling them to make videos, telling them to make Instagram stuff, telling them to do all this social media stuff constantly. Their life should be a steady diet of social media content creation. That is what this other coach tells people to do. Well, what they then came to me and they said, well, Tim, this was working three years ago, but it's not working now. And they were talking to me about their analytics. And I explained to them, that what happens is these, and they sort of knew this; it wasn't new information. But these social networking platforms, they change their algorithms. They decide to make it so that all these rules that you are following to, you know, make it so your Instagram posts got noticed or your, you know, videos on YouTube were getting noticed. All of a sudden, that gets changed. Or they decide to basically maybe make it so that, you know, a bigger brand who's paying them money all of a sudden is going to get more priority when it comes to views. Look, you guys remember when Facebook? Now some of you won't, but when Facebook actually went live. When you would have a bunch of friends and you'd put something up, all your friends would see what you put up. And nowadays, the way it works is you put up your a post on Facebook. Unless you're paying to have your friends notice it, what is it? Less than 10 percent. Sometimes, like less than 5 percent of the people are going to have it on their Facebook feeds. And again, I feel sorry for all the agents that are essentially still following those models, thinking that somehow they're going to you know crack the you know magic code and they're going to be able to generate all this business from social networking and whatnot. You might generate some short-term opportunistic business, but if you want a long-term sustainable business, you absolutely have to learn how to be a proactive lead generator. And you absolutely cannot be wasting time trying to build a very unprofitable team.
1: Yes. I read a post from a, my gosh, my head just about exploded when I read this. (laughs) It was, uh, I think it was on a mastermind group or something. And it was the, here's how it went. I've been licensed for two and a half months. I did everything my broker told me to do. Facebook ads, Instagram, YouTube videos, paid Zillow. Like, it was like a list of
0: original. Imagine stats. how much that poor agent uh, spent. I know.
1: I know. And he said, I think it was a guy, he, he said, I'm afraid I'm going to go broke before I do even my first deal. Yep. What should I do? And one of our uh, coaching clients chimed in. I didn't have to say anything. They jumped in. They said, hire a coach, learn how to be proactive. Right. But does that agent even know what that means? That, but, that's what makes me sad is that you know you can you can flounder around this business for months or years without ever having that light bulb go so off.
0: i'm going to give you a prediction and i am 100% confident this is true so mm-hmm. this isn't a prediction this is my reading of the tea leaves and the okay. And, and okay so yeah. um, Now that I've been participating on these different clubhouse, Uh people are definitely wise to the bullshit that's basically been perpetuating the real estate industry for the past basically almost 15 years. Mm -hmm. And they're really, really getting uh, burned out on being told to form unprofitable teams and agents because they've seen so many other teams fail. And I'll tell you what's more, Mm -hmm. and I really, this is what's most encouraging to me. I'm absolutely, again, positive that there's going to be an enormous amount of people get into the real estate business for for all the normal reasons. But the biggest one is because people are sitting at home during COVID. COVID, getting, li- getting license. getting licensed that's and,
1: definitely true and
0: there's a lot of people that are gonna have to basically shift careers or have supplemental income there's gonna be a huge number of agents that are gonna basically arise in the next probably six to twelve months for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. a surge never seen before Post COVID, they're gonna be like, what happens at like after a big winter storms and like nine months later? There's always a big bunch of babies. <laughs> the baby boom. The baby boom. Right, we have following. a
1: license boom coming. We're gonna have a
0: license boom. Uh, we already do.
1: I mean, I if I look at all uh, many of our elite coaching clients, I can't name a single one of them that hasn't gotten their kids licensed. Twenty right. something, eighteen something. They're all licensed, every one of
0: them. Well, so but it's here's awesome. the thing that's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people getting into real estate. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately, we're more, you know, we're our podcasts and our other forms of media is taking off and people are listening to our message. Yes. And we're not being drowned out as we've been before nope. by the steady dream, drum of, you know, mediocrity with regards to this social crap. Mm-hmm. So agents are wising up to it. But I think the real reason it's going to shift mm-hmm. is because people getting into the industry now are younger, not all of them, but a lot of them are younger, mm-hmm. who've grown up on the social stuff and see it for what it is. Yeah. They're they, 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 are, they not all rosy-eyed about it. No. But the other thing that I'm saying is a big surge of professionals that, yes, have, were, me too. That you know, maybe I mean, mm-hmm. it's not even education based professionals necessarily, but people are coming from other careers who they don't think so opportunistically. They think like entrepreneurs and think like business people. Yes. And they, too, are not going to just say, well, I guess it's time to form a team because, you know, yeah. Coach Bob told me to or mm-hmm. Coach Tom told me to. Well, I know for and a so, fact
1: I talked to them. We've got people that are coming from pharmaceutical sales. We've got airline right. pilots. We've got teachers. We've got. You know, all kinds of people that are used to running a professional show.
0: So those three elements, a Mm -hmm. surge of new licensees. Yeah. Uh, essentially uh, people that won't be be able to swindled with uh, social networking. Better uh, You know, essentially bright, shiny object things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third group of people who are going to naturally make decisions based on uh, being profit motive. Yeah, logic. You're, you're going to see a lot of these businesses that have basically been selling agents uh, mm-hmm. smoke and mirror stuff. They're going to just go poof. Yeah. Because they're not going to – the, the ready, willing audience of people who are not thinking, you know uh, – who are thinking opportunistically, those opportunistic type thinkers are going to start being influenced by these new waves of agents that are coming in the industry. Yep. And those new wave ba- agents that are coming into the industry are going to be the new leaders going forward. There's a statistic out there that says something like that. What was it? 80%? I'm making these numbers up, but I think mm-hmm. this is right. 80% of all the transactions in like, what was it? Five years or something are, are done right. by people that don't even have real estate licenses Yeah, yet. I think
1: that was an NAR thing. I, I remember Gene Frederick talking about that, that. of People who are not yet licensed. Eighty percent of future transactions will be done by people who maybe they haven't even. I have don't even yet. think the
0: window is five years; it maybe may it have been like less. thirty-six months. Yeah, so it's there incredible are incredible to think about. It is there are massive changes that are happening in the real estate industry, um, and I really, as I'm, you know, essentially, we're preaching to the converted for the most True. part on our podcast. But I'm hoping they're not continuously trying to resist um, the fact that the changes that must happen aren't going to be external to them. They're not going to be because of a tech platform. Mm-hmm. The changes that are going to have to happen is how they approach their business and how they think about their opportunity in this business and how they frankly think about their longevity in this business. They're going to have to start thinking more, you know, frankly, they're going to have to mature. They're going to have to yeah. stop being, you know, bugs to a shiny light or well, bugs to a bright light. To
1: focus. Follow one course until successful actually study what you're doing know where your business is coming from know what your profit and loss is don't hide out from your money you know all the things we teach in the treasure map
0: i'll tell you something else i've been sensing too and i'm really encouraged by this Mm -hmm. though nobody says it like this the essence of what we say it's our book we we trademark this so do not steal it you will get a nice letter from our attorney if you do is that, you know, if you want ever-increasing long-term levels of success, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. At the highest level. Right. And I'm hearing people come up with iterations of that, and not just in the real estate industry, but across the board. So there, that's, I think, a tipping point, or that's the shining, uh, uh, that's showing me that people are getting tired of being, chasing the easy button things in all aspects of life because they're realizing that it's a lie.
1: Yeah. I, maybe I'm just I, making no, it up. No, I'm optimistic about that, too. I I see inklings of that. I mean, I I look at those agent postings to see what's in their head. And I am encouraged when the overwhelming response is be a proactive lead generator, understand your business, get a coach, blah, 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 versus, well, you just haven't done it long enough. You haven't thrown enough money at it, blah, blah, blah. So I think that's encouraging as well. And I'm really excited for the direction everything's going. I mean, if... (laughs) If you guys can't be successful in this market where the entire world has enthusiasm for real estate for and sure. the, where there's a, such amazing demand, you know, I don't, I don't know if we can help you.
0: <laughs> well, but, I mean maybe but we're the, trying to. Yeah, I mean we're going to do it. we're going to leave it all in the field for you guys every day, but do because surround yourself with like-minded individuals and if you don't have the mind of success yet, Find your, be around people that are energetic, enthusiastic, be around people that are going to essentially maybe see the, you know, see around the corner that you don't yet see. Because that's really what's going to help you um, ascend the mountain of success, if you want to call it that, faster than you otherwise would have.
1: Well, that that's an, that should have been one of the success points for teams too, is that you are actually following people that have, are doing what you want to be doing. And I think that that's tough for agents sometimes to have that filter and to know who to follow or what to pay attention to, you know, they assume that their team leader or their broker or their office manager or their coach or their trainer has actually done, sold you know, real estate. has actually sold real estate at a high level in a multiple, you know, different types of markets and different price ranges. And I, I don't think they really think to ask those questions. Well, it's the
0: three-filter question, right? Yeah. So when b- before you're thinking about listening to anybody for uh, anything to do with your success in real estate, all right? So let's just make that as basic as possible. You have to run them through three filters. Number one, Bob, before I listen to you. <laughs> it's, it's always po- Bob, poor Bob. Poor Bob. <laughs> poor Bob. <laughs> poor Bob. Have you sold real estate before? So if Bob comes to you trying to sell you something, the first question you should ask Bob is, have you sold real estate before? If the answer is no, you need to say, bye-bye, Bob. Bye-bye, Bob. Bye, Bob. <laughs> okay, bye Bob. The next Maddie question is. is, if Bob sold real estate, did he sell real estate at a high level? Did Bob sell, say, for example, a hundred plus homes per year? The third question is, the third filter is, did Bob, if he did, if he did have does have a license or did have a license and he did sell 100 plus homes, did he do it for a long period of time? Like more
1: than one year because his dad owned a subdivision. Right? Exactly.
0: And so what you're looking for when you're hiring your experts and you're hiring your the people that you're truly going to follow into the battle of life, you sure as hell want people that are battle tested, that have the scars to prove it. And if you don't, then you're going to most likely fail. You're just going to send be, you know, getting ready to get started for the rest of your life looking for the next shiny object. Look, Julie and I are never going to back off with our intensity and our, frankly, our brutal no BS approach because you guys deserve to know the truth. All of you deserve um, to have the, you know, frankly, to fulfill whatever your wildest dreams and fantasies are for your future and your potentiality. But it really is critically important that you know that if you basically make one small um you know, essentially mistake. And in other words, you start following the wrong, wrong path. And even if it's only one degree off the path. I mean you're walking down a road and there you have essentially a you know two roads the road is splitting. And the road that splits off the main path is only maybe one degree off the original path that you were on, well, how's that, you know, how much farther off the main path is it a week from now, two weeks from now, 10 years from now? You're in a completely, you're going in a completely different trajectory. And when you realize you've been going down the wrong path for maybe months or if not years, then what are you going to do? You have to then stop. You need to go back and you need to get back on the right path. That right there is going to take a lot of work for some of you because you followed the wrong path for too long. And look, let's just be honest. If your goal is to maximize profit and with that profit, you reinvigorate invest it and you become rich, rich is simply where your money works for you, you no longer work for your money, then I will strongly suggest to you that you're really introspective if you are indeed producing enough profit for you to accomplish that goal. And if you're not, you're probably on the wrong path or taking several wrong paths. In the meantime, if you guys want to talk to Julie and I about uh, joining our EXP group, you can text me directly at 512 758 6 206 In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.